0: Lord and God bless you. This is the podcast of the Refuse Temple Church located at 152 North Main Street in Burlington, North Carolina, where our pastor is Bishop Reginald J. Davis. This podcast is brought to you on the following streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Google Podcasts. Thank you again for joining us. Please enjoy as our Bishop Davis Speaks.
1: It, just say amen. Okay. Y'all having a hard time finding Genesis 1? Okay. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. If you haven't, say amen. All right. That's about 50%. All right. Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. and Darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. Picking our subject out of verse number two. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Subject today, when the Spirit moves. Bless you, you can be seated. When the Spirit moves moves. Lord has been dealing with me as we prepare to enter into 2020, and I've talked about this a couple of times, that our focus in 2020 is going to be the winning of souls, people being discipled and people being won to Christ. And you just... Can't go out and do that. The church has to be in a certain place, in a spiritual, at a spiritual level, to be productive in the work that God has given us. And I see, I see a tremendous harvest about to take place. But the Holy Spirit has been pushing me. Um, in a number of ways to say, get the church ready for what I'm about to do. I I can't, there are things, there are people I want to save, there are lives I want to change, people that need to be delivered, but it can't just happen by accident or by chance. The church has got to be in a position to be spiritually productive. And the, the, the nuance that is necessary is that we truly are connected with the power of the Holy Ghost. Now, that, that's not for me to say that we're not, we are a spirit-filled church and I got the Holy Ghost and I'm not alone. A lot of you um, claim the infilling of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but it, it, it happens too often that we really don't understand the Holy Ghost. There are a lot of folk that got the Holy Ghost don't don't understand who ha- who they have living on the inside, and they ju- they just go with the feeling, the flow, they speak in tongues, um, they rejoice at the moving of the Spirit, but do we really understand the Holy Spirit? And so the Lord led me to start a series today um, on the theology of the Holy Spirit, so that we truly understand the work of the Holy Spirit, in the life of the believer. Look at somebody and say, there is something the Holy Ghost should be doing for you. Yeah, uh uh-huh. More than just having it. He should be working in you. Because if he's working in us, that means he's working in the church. Come on, somebody. If he, we need to... If, if we don't, and there may be some people here that don't have the Holy Spirit, have never received it. I need you to receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. It, it, it's, it's not, let me just be very clear, it's not an extra added attraction for believers that just want to be closer to God. The Holy Spirit is a necessity. Come on, somebody. Tell somebody, the Holy Ghost is a necessity. Tell them, you need the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. And so I need those that have never received it, never been blessed to be, to have what the Bible calls an unspeakable gift. I need you to receive this power in your life. Oh, hallelujah. It's going to make your life better. Anybody believe that in here? Holy Ghost is going to make your life better. I didn't say it's going to make you rich. I didn't say it's going to make you popular. I didn't say it's going to make you successful. But the Holy Ghost will make your life better. Then I need those of us that are full of the Holy Ghost to access the power of the Holy Ghost. Oh, hallelujah. There's nothing, there's very few things sadder than people that have the Holy Spirit and don't know what to do with it. Okay, okay okay alright you all right, all right. Y'all yeah, ain't going to say amen. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking to y'all. It's the last Sunday of the year. I ain't going to work that hard. I'm going to talk to y'all about the Holy Ghost. Nothing sadder than to have the Holy Spirit and not have any joy. Nothing sadder than to have the Holy Ghost and not know how to access the peace of God. Nothing sadder than to have the Holy Ghost and be confused when he's a teacher. Come on, somebody. And a God. Nothing sadder than to have the Holy Ghost and still not be close to God. When the whole reason why the Lord has baptized you in the Holy Ghost is to create a connection between you and Jesus Christ. And so we need to access the power of the Holy Spirit in our personal walk and in our personal ministry. Guess what? Everybody in here that has the Holy Spirit should be doing something. I'm going to say it again. Everybody in here that has the Holy Spirit should be doing something, and you should be doing something more than just singing and shouting and testifying in church. You should be using the Holy Spirit to access and to bring people to Jesus Christ. You should be using the Holy Spirit to carry out whatever assignment the Lord has given you in the body of Christ. And, and, and so I know it seems weird because for most of us, if we were going to talk about the Holy Ghost, we would start in Acts. We would start in John. But I started in Genesis. And I did it deliberately. The Lord led me there deliberately, because I need you to understand the Holy Spirit worked in the Old Testament. Come on, somebody. He he didn't just wait until Acts to start working. The Holy Spirit has worked from the beginning of creation. From the beginning of time. And so I want to dig out from the Old Testament how the Holy Spirit worked, because I think sometimes New Testament believers think all he does is speak in tongues, but he does more than speak in tongues. In fact, if all you got is tongues, you just have a taste of the Holy Spirit, but not the essence of the Holy Spirit, because he should be doing more than just speaking in tongues. And the Old Testament, but prior to the tongues coming in the New Testament, shows us the working of the Holy Spirit. And it expresses the eternality of the Holy Spirit. That the Holy Spirit just didn't show up in AD 33, and it certainly didn't just show up in 1901 in Topeka, Kansas. But from the beginning, as long as there's been God, he's had his spirit. Okay, y'all follow me. As long as God has existed, from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. And the totality of God has existed from the beginning, all right? He just didn't grow up to be father. He just did, and the son just didn't show up as a nuance. And the Holy Spirit is not an added attraction. But from the very beginning, there's been one God. Come on, somebody. I know this is doctrine 101. From the very beginning, there's been one God. And it's important that we understand that because I want to expand our view of how the Holy Spirit works. Let's go to Genesis chapter 1. I'm really almost done. The Bible says, in the beginning, God. God. Before, when, where, who, what, or how, there was God. And that God in this text is Elohim, which means strong, mighty, omnipotent. But in the original text, God is a plural word. Alright. Now some of y'all look at me funny because y'all say, Pastor, gone off. You believe more. No, 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 no. It's plural, not because there's more than one God, because the Bible emphatically states, Here, Israel, the Lord our Lord is what? One. But what it implies is that there is a multi-dimensional nature of God. And everybody in here. That knows God, knows him in a unique way, but you know him in different ways. And and that's why you can't ever wrap your head around why somebody's praising the Lord. Because while you're giving God praise for being your savior, somebody besides you is praising him for being a healer. And while you're dancing about him being a healer, somebody that was broke on Monday and paid their bills on Friday is giving God the glory for being a provider. And and, and while you're praising him for being a provider, somebody that walked the floor until 3 in the morning and the Lord showed up is praising God for being peace. Oh, hallelujah. And while you're thanking God for being peace, somebody's rejoicing because he's the joy of my salvation. Yes, he is. Candace got us on our feet because he is our victory. Come on, somebody. Oh, How do you put God in a bottle? And one of our problems is, is that we fail to realize that God is not like us. You're limited. there is but so much of you to go around. but there is but you serve a limitless God, a completely limitless God. And so the plurality of Elohim really explains the multi-dimensional nature of God. And that's why Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 says, God who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets. Even the Old Testament um, patriarchs had different names for God. When the Lord provided the ram, when Abraham was about to kill Isaac on the mountain, Abraham gave God a new name and called him Jehovah Jireh. Lord, that provides. When Israel came through a battle against the Amalekites, Moses called him Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. When David was sitting by the the meadow feeding the the sheep, he came up with Jehovah Raha. The Lord is our shepherd. And and so you, you can't Put God in this box and say he's just this because he is that much more. In, in, anybody here know God in more than one way? Anybody know God in more than one way? And as much as you know about God, you haven't learned everything there is to know about the God that you serve. God is still teaching us. God is still showing us. That's why the psalmist said, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and his greatness is unsearchable. Tell somebody, I don't know everything about God, but what I know I love. Whew, hallelujah. I can't tell you everything, and, but I can tell you what he is to me. I can tell you what he means to me. I can tell you how I appreciate who he is. So, so, so in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's verse 1. Verse 2 says and the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. Now, theological scholars debate what is called the gap theory. And the gap theory is that there is a disconnect between Genesis 1 and 1 and Genesis 1 and 2. And if you look at, take a look at the verses. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Then verse 2 says, and the earth was without form and void. When have you ever known God to create something that was empty? When have you ever known God to create something that did not have form? And so some believe and and I'm leaning in this direction that something happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Because God creates and then it's without form and void. So what happened between verse 1 and verse 2. The fall of Satan. God had created the heaven, created the earth, and then if you read Ezekiel chapter 28, Isaiah 14, Satan decides to rebel against God. And, and that's the nature of rebellion. People wait until you build it before they try to take it over. Now This is a side note. You build it, you labor, you make it happen, and then when they see it working, they want to take over. Anybody ever notice that before? Nobody wanted it when it wasn't worth anything, but suddenly it has value, so let me step in and impose myself. And Satan waited for God to create everything, including him. And the Bible says Satan, I believe, looked at himself and saw his beauty. He had diamonds, he had rubies, he had all kinds of precious stones encrusted in his body. He had pipes encased in his chest. When he sang, the sound went throughout creation and he said, you know what? I'm going to challenge God. And somehow he even convinced, and this is really what's weird to me. This tells you, that's why I don't ever say Satan can't deceive you. Because if he could deceive angels who lived in the presence of God. Okay, y'all don't want to hear this. They never knew what it was like not to be in God's presence, and yet they got deceived. So don't you sit there with your arrogant self saying, I can never get tricked. The devil can trick anybody. If he can trick people who spend their whole being in the presence of God, why do you think you know so much that you can't be deceived? So he deceives one-third of the angelic host, and they try to take over heaven. We're going to run this. We're going to rebel. We're going to take this over. And, 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 And the lunacy of it is what I'm struggling with. How do you rebel against the one that made you? You wouldn't have existence if God hadn't spoken you into existence. And because he made you great, instead of giving him glory, you rebel. Don't y'all judge Satan. It sounds just like some of us. Come on, somebody. We were nothing before God found us. And God finds us and saves us and delivers us and cleans us up. And we have the nerve to rebel against God. And so, you know the story. Satan rebels. God casts him and the third of the angelic host out of heaven. And I believe the... the, the The force of the expulsion was so tremendous that it literally rocked the universe. That by the time we get to verse 2, the earth is without form and void. Suddenly, what God has made is empty, destroyed, chaotic. So bad until all you could see was water. It was dark, so you could barely see. And if you could see anything, all you could see is water. Because the Bible says what? If darkness was upon what? The face of the deep. That's why if you go further in the story of Genesis, that God creates what's called the firmament, where he separates the waters of the heavens from the waters that are on the earth. But before he creates the firmament, there's nothing but water everywhere. Everywhere there's water. Everywhere is covered. Everywhere is completely devastated. Darkness, chaos, without form, void. And then something happens. The Spirit of God moves on the face I tell you, of the water. Nothing there. Darkness everywhere. But the Spirit of God. See, 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 see. I think sometimes in church we use too many words. But what we really need is the Spirit just to move. Oh, Shatama. We, we, we try our best to conjure it up and pump it up and create it. But if the Holy Ghost just started moving in this place, oh, Shatama, you'd see deliverance. If the Holy Ghost just started moving. The Holy Ghost moves without our words. Come on, somebody. Without us saying a whole lot, God, just let your spirit do what your spirit does. Spirit of God moved on the face of the waters. That word spirit in the Hebrew Aramaic is ruach, which is breath. It's the same spirit that is proposed in the creation of Adam that God breathed into Adam the breath of life. That means he breathed a part of himself, his eternality, his will, his intellect. He breathed it into Adam, and that's what made Adam a living soul. But this same spirit started moving on the face of the waters. Same spirit starts moving. The force of God and, 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 and the essence. God is spirit. Oh, come on, test somebody. Said the essence of God is spirit. We mess up because we're still trying to touch God in the flesh. We're still trying to move God with our intellect and with our gifting and our expertise and with our talent and our intelligence when God is saying, I need my spirit to be in control. Whew, hallelujah. I need my spirit to manifest. Itself, He's so great that really he can't be housed in any physical structure. We call this, oh hallelujah, the house of God, but God doesn't live at 152 North Main Street. Oh God, this is not where he lives. It can't hold who he is. Oh, Shataya. that's why some of us mess up because we're still trying to reach God in the flesh. And they told us in the old church before, you can really touch God, you got to get out of your flesh. Oh, God, can I help somebody in here? As long as you're in flesh, you'll never touch him. As long as you're in flesh, you'll never see him. As long as you're in flesh, you'll never behold him. But when you step out of flesh into spirit, God is able to manifest him. Oh, God. I'm trying to help somebody in here. That's why the enemy would rather you be anything other than spiritual. Come on, somebody. Be smart, but don't be spiritual. Be wise in your own conceits. Don't be spiritual. Be cute. Don't be spiritual. Be intellectual. Don't be spiritual. Because he knows When you become spiritual, you step into the realm where God is in control. As long as you live in flesh, you're going to always be in control. And as long as you're in control, you're going to always jack it up because that's what flesh does. It jacks stuff up. But when you let go and say, Lord, have your way, something happens in the spirit. I, I don't know if any of you remember. When you receive the Holy Ghost something happened whether you were at the altar on your knees or standing up in your living room or laying by your bedside and you tried your best to make the Holy Ghost come and you had some silly folk, oh God, around you saying, say it faster. So you trying to say it faster so the Holy Ghost oh, talk, but he didn't talk until you let go. Come on somebody. When you gave up you and when you got out of yourself and when you let your flesh go, then he can step in and it hasn't changed as long As long as we try to manipulate the working of God, He won't work. But when the saints surrender to the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost and we free Him, He can do what He does. What's the Bible say? God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, what, what you trying to say, Pastor? As long as it's a flesh thing, my hands gotta get happy. And my feet gotta get happy. And my tongue has to get happy. You'll never experience the true move of God. But when you're see, part of what God did when He made Adam was he breathed a connection. Come on, somebody. Everybody look at the bottom of your cell phone. There's a little space there that is designed for your power plug. Everybody know what I'm talking about? It's been put there so that when you put the power, the cord in the plug, come on, somebody, or the plug, rather, in the little socket, You connect with power, and you also connect with data. Come on, somebody. That's how you get a download. Are y'all following me? God put something in you, your spirit, that you can connect. Y'all ain't following this with God. You ain't got to be the smartest. You ain't got to be the most intellectual. You ain't got to be the craftiest. But you've got a connection that when God plugs himself into you, you just don't receive power. You receive a download of information. Come on, touch somebody and say, it's time for you to plug in. That ooh, shatanama. What's that mean? That means that everybody See, because there's there some that would have you believe that only certain people can receive or be moved by the Holy Ghost. But everybody that has Ruach breathed into them, that's your spirit, has the capacity to receive Elohim. Let me say it again. Everybody that has Ruach breathed into them, spirit, spirit has the power to receive Elohim. That means if I open, if I just connect myself with God, He can fill me. If I just connect myself. But when I first discover that He's spirit and I can't touch Him in my flesh, I can't move Him in my flesh. The only way I can touch Him is with my spirit. Oh hallelujah. Can I get everybody in it for the next second or so to just step out of flesh and just allow your spirit to love God for a moment. Forget about what your hands are going to do. Forget about what your feet are going to do. Forget about what what you're going to do physically. And let your soul, let your soulish side, let your spirit side just touch the Lord you may have to close your eyes so you don't get distracted by who's on your right or your left or who's sitting in front of you or behind you but I just need you to let your spirit man Reach out to God. Now, now here's what I believe. I believe that if you're here and you've never received the Holy Ghost, if you get your head together for the next moment, the Holy Ghost can fill you while you're sitting in your seat because he just wants to touch your spirit. He just wants to touch your spirit. He wants to touch your spirit. God is a spirit. They that worship him. Oh, Shata. Worship him is based on how much you love him. You can't worship him if you don't love him. You can't worship him if you don't honor him. You can't worship him if you don't appreciate him. But if you know that he's worthy of whatever you give him, I just want you to start putting your lips involved. Tell your mouth to say something to the Lord. Tell your mouth to tell the Lord that you love him. Tell your tongue to tell God how much you appreciate him. Oh, Shitanama. They that worship him. Hmm. They that worship him must worship him in spirit. mm mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. Hey God, it's good to do it just like this sometimes. Hey God, whatever the spirit is telling you to do, that's what you ought to be doing right now. Somebody ought to be raising your hand. Somebody ought to be opening your mouth. And it's not up to me to tell you how to do it, but everybody who's worshiping ought to be doing or saying something right now because God is spirit. They that worship him. Oh God, you can't worship Him and not have Him show up and touch you. God walks in the middle of our worship. God walks in the middle of our praise. God walks in the middle of our supplication. God walks in the middle of our reverence to Him. Tanama Satanaye. Kaniyama Satanaye. Shana Rabasi Shekama, who Shatanayama, yes, my soul does magnify Tanaye, my soul does magnify the Lord, who Shana Masa hey, God, Shana Rabasi, Tashama, hey, 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 oh, hallelujah, Shatanama Masa hey, God, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on! Let your ruach touch Elohim. Hey, God! Let your spirit touch him. Let your spirit reach out to him. Let your spirit connect with him. Come on, plug in until you get a download. Plug in until you feel the power. Plug in until you feel His presence. Plug in until you. Until you, until you feel His anointing. Hmm. Oh, God, Kama Satanaye, katana Satanaye. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, Hallelujah. If you can feel his presence, oh, Shama Satanaye. If Only if you can feel his presence. Oh, shandiyadaba satanaye. Hey, God, open your mouth and give him the praise. If you can feel his presence. Oh, hallelujah, if you can feel his presence. Don't let him walk in here and you not act like you know he's here. But if you know he's here, act like you know he's here. Lord, cha tama Hey, God, you're in this place right now. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Told you I wasn't going to be long. I'm at the end of this message. Some of us are facing some chaotic situations. The enemy has come in and plunged himself in our lives. Our lives feel chaotic. Our lives look chaotic. Depression has overtaken some of us. Oh, hallelujah. Confusion has entered our minds. And Satan is doing everything he can to disrupt everything that God has tried to create. Can I help somebody in here? The reason why you're under attack is because God was in the process of creating something great in your life. And because Satan saw what God was doing. He said, let me get in the middle of it and tear it apart. Oh, hallelujah. Let me get in your family. Let me get in your friends. Let me get in your body and upset and disrupt things. Oh, hallelujah. But the Lord told me to tell somebody, let his spirit, oh God, move on you. Oh, hallelujah. Let his spirit Oh God move ashiyama, move on you Oh God I'm getting ready to upset the devil's plans I say because the devil said you would never survive what has happened to you But when the spirit of God moves on the face of the waters something has to change in your situation Oh God I don't know who I'm talking to but I see the enemy trying to destroy you but I see the spirit moving Oh God on the face Of your waters, your difficult time, your home, your family, your loved ones. But the Holy Ghost is about to move in your midst. It's not by power. It's not by might. But it's by my spirit. Save the Lord. I need the Holy Ghost. I need the Holy Ghost to move. That's what spirit does. It doesn't just talk. It doesn't just touch. But he moves. And when he moves, deliverance comes. When he moves, healing comes. When he moves, salvation comes. Somebody open your mouth. Shout hallelujah. Oh. Oh Spirit move. Spirit move. Spirit move. Spirit move. Shandama Sitanama. Oh God, talking to somebody in here, you have a real problem that has a physical and emotional manifestation, but you can't fix it physically. You can't fix it emotionally. What do I do, Bishop? You need the Spirit to move. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Hey, Shatama, in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to the stronghold. Hey Shitanama, in the name of Jesus, I'm speaking to the stronghold. It ain't in your body, it's in the spirit, it ain't in your intellect, it's in the spirit, and when the Holy Ghost does what he does, the spirit is gonna deliver you. Ooh, shatanama not by power it's not by might by my spirit saith the Lord everybody grab somebody's hand right now come on grab the hand say this with me in the name of Jesus I release the Holy Ghost to move. You ain't got to conjure it, just release him so he can do what he does. Just release him so he can do what he does. I'm going to be obedient. Holy Ghost said, don't make this about words. Make it about his spirit. So anybody here that needs the Holy Ghost to do something, I need you right here, right now. I need you right here, right now. I need you right here, right now. Because this ain't about me saying a whole lot to you. This is about allowing the Holy Spirit to do what he does. So if you need something, right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here, right now. Right here. here. Do you not realize that you live in a physical world that is controlled by what you don't see? See, we get messed up sometimes because Satan can always manipulate what you see. Come on, somebody. The doctor's report, the judgment from the court, the bills, the money in your bank account, the way your family is behaving. And you know what the devil does? He makes that look bigger than it actually is because he's a liar. And you know what liars do is they take a little bit and they exaggerate. Come on, somebody. Oh, y'all, y'all ain't following this. And Because and, 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 a liar don't have to make it up out of the air. He can take a little bit and exaggerate, and it's still a lie. Because if the fish I caught was this big, and I tell you it's this big, I'm a liar. Come on, somebody. Because I'm exaggerating. I caught a fish, but I'm exaggerating how big the fish is. So what does the devil do? He exaggerates what is going on in your life everybody here has got something going on but if you let the spirit move spirit is going to show you that no matter how big that problem is it's not bigger than a God that can fill all space you, I I say, is
0: Thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome to Fellowship with Pastor Reginald Davis and the Refuge Temple Church family on Sundays, 9 a.m. prayer, 10 a.m. Christian Education and Bible Study. 11 a.m. Morning Worship and Children's Church, 4.30 p.m. Evening Worship, Monday, 6.30 p.m. Prayer, Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Noonday Prayer, Wednesdays, 7 p.m. Prayer and Bible Study, Friday, 7 p.m. Prayer, Worship, and the Word. Again, come and join us and be blessed. Until next time.